to me. Live from the Twin Cities, we are the Daves you know. This is the Daves I know. You want me to be that type of dude, and I want to be who you like me to, but we both know I can't do nothing at all. Welcome to episode 271 of the Dave's I Know podcast. Uh, regular crews here today. MJ, how you doing, bud? I'm doing great. Thanks for asking. Excellent. And Jess, how are you doing? I am well. How good. are you, Dave? I'm good. Um, I'm not. My kids are not f- fully recovered from daylight saving time yet. My oh. son was up. Uh, Screaming till about eight thirty this this evening, um, not wanting to go to sleep. So and he only slept for like seven minutes at daycare today, which I thought was kind of a dick move that they actually put that in the in the tracking app that it was seven yeah. minutes. I'm like, just don't put that in there. Just I don't need to know that he didn't like, take a nap at all. So, anyways, <laughs> just like setting you up for failure. Yeah, it's just like, oh, we tried and he slept for seven minutes. I'm like, no one sleeps for just seven minutes. But anyways, neither here nor there. Uh, all right, well we have. A game to cover. Um, I don't know. This one, honestly, I was just thinking about this game a little bit, and I'm just like, oh, we might only spend about 10 minutes on this game because it was kind of shitty. But um, let's jump into it right away. Uh, pre-game, um, the Wonderwall came out with another TIFO, which was awesome. MJ, um, you have any any thoughts that you put you put this in the in the notes? I just thought it was a great design. I thought it was brilliant. You, you yeah. had Baby Blue Ox boxing a Red Bull. The baby box is standing. The Red Bull is knocked down on, the, you know, on the mat. And Paul Bunyan is like Babe's manager outside the ring. I mean, it was just a brilliant design, well executed, colorful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was awesome. And uh, I'm, I'm glad it was able to happen because with all the snow and everything, um, and clearing snow, they were a little worried about it. So I'm glad um, all the people who work really hard on the TIFO stuff uh, we're able to make it happen. So special shout out to Anthony Tony de San Lazaro uh, for doing a lot of the, the, the work there. Oh yeah, he definitely he helped spearhead that effort. So if you're interested in getting involved with Tifo, uh, he's also on the Wonderwall board. Um, you can definitely reach out to him there. Um, but yeah, he's uh, he's always looking for for folks to help, whether that is on match day doing the actual um, uh, the unveiling of it, or you know pre match doing tracing, coloring things like that. So um, design, if you're interested in design, yeah, reach out to Anthony and let him know for sure. So um, the other thing I'll say about this game is we had a snow opener, guys. A snow opener, again, the third time in, in seven years of Minnesota United. Uh, really? Home openers. Yeah, the third the third one with snow. Um, not as cold as the other two. Uh, that is for sure. Um, and it was pretty, I mean, it looked pretty coming down, but uh, the mm-hmm. field was kind of hot garbage. Yeah. So I don't, have, I don't know if we have, yeah, have any thoughts on the field at all. Generally. I have more thoughts about our tactics on the, on the snowy field. That's fair. <laughs> well, what, what, MJ, why don't we jump in? Why don't you give us a uh, talk about it? Cause that first half, um, obviously we scored in the 18th minute, but mm-hmm. the first 15 minutes or so of the game was 
was pretty much controlled by the Red Bulls, and we should have been down maybe two nothing before we even had a, a shot on net. So, I want to say we say this about teams a lot. Like, let's say who we're playing next, the Rapids, uh, the Red Bulls, who we just played. I feel like we talk about teams that do all the right passing to get the XG, you know, stat way up there, you know, and then they cannot shoot on that to say, you know, they're creating pockets of space. They're shooting around our defenders. Dane sometimes stands on his head, but a lot of these players are just playing kickball and they're, they're kicking home runs. And, uh, you know, I, I love to have them on my kickball team that I don't have, but it, it, it was rather astonishing to see them see the ball so easily over and over again. Um, my biggest frustration is in the first half, we played just kick the ball forward. Play like we're in eighth grade and just kick the ball forward with no rhyme or reason. It's slippery out there. They're going to mishandle it. We're going to get the ball back and we're going to get a shot on net. And that worked in the first half. <laughs> in the second half, I'm so upset. I'm coughing. <laughs> in the second half, it's like, okay, we know how this pitch reacts a little more now. We know how the snowy pitch, how the ball plays on it, how we run on it. And we should start trying to possess the ball more, but we don't. We go for the same stupid, just kick it to them, hope they screw up, and then try to get it back. And I don't think that cut it in the second half. In parts of the second half, New York looked like they were adapting to the conditions much better. Yeah, part of it too, from my vantage point in the Wonder Wall, was that Red Bulls decided to um, kind of like, especially the first half was, you know, it was just like, fuck it, let's kick it over the, the midfield of just bypass Minnesota's midfield and try to run on the ball, run underneath the ball, run onto the ball. And they were pretty successful for about, you know, 10 to 15 minutes um, before the defense settled down. Uh, uh, Top, he has got caught, caught out at one point. Um, Lewis Morgan tried to chip Dane St. Clair. I want to say it was like the third or fourth minute and almost beat him. Um, they were trying, they were doing that. And whereas Minnesota, at least until they scored their goal, was really trying to do play the style of, of, of play that Minnesota likes to play, which is keep the ball on the ground, um, make those passes, something that's definitely more geared towards a Reynoso led team um, without realizing. Uh, Hey man, if you kick the ball in the snow, it's going to collect snow and then stop moving. Uh, as opposed to, you know, if you kick the ball over people, yeah, you're right. It's not, it's not the, it's not the prettiest game plan, but you also sometimes need to adapt to the field conditions, right? MJ, like it's not, you can, you can have the best yeah. of intentions, but you, if you can't, if you, how you want to play the game is just not going to work. Sometimes you need to adapt and the Red Bull seemed to adapt right away. It took Minnesota, like I said, almost 20 minutes before they actually kind of started figuring it out. And once they did, they looked a lot better um, when they were not, you know, not fucking that up, but it took them a while to figure that out. And they just weren't accurate. You know, they, they're booting, they're booting it, you know, they're lifting the ball off the field and you can just tell that they've been training indoors a lot, playing the ball on the pitch on, on shitty turf and you know, whatever that's. Yeah. They weren't good at it, but at least, I mean, they weren't even trying that for the first 15 minutes. Like they were yeah, trying yeah. to play, play on the ground, which is not going to happen. Um, clearly once like in the second half, I want to say in about the 65th, 70th minute when they brought on, um, Amory and Dotson and the ground had started to melt, 
and there wasn't snow on the pitch, they're they're playing that that style a little more consistently, and it was actually working because they, you know, the ball the, the ball wasn't collecting snow as it as it moved on the ground, um, and they had players who could actually execute the things that they wanted to execute. So, um, however, I mean, in spite of all that, Minnesota went uh, up top, uh, went on top first. Fragapane did did actually you know did a really good job of winning a corner um, in the first half. Um, kind of doing that same thing, chipping a ball over. Um, Sean Nealis, the defender for the Red Bulls, fell down. Um, and in his recovery, he's only able to clear a ball over the end line, uh, which gave Minnesota their first corner of the season, by the way. They didn't get a corner in the FC Dallas game. This was the first corner of the season. Fragapane um. stepped up. He, did, he took a really good corner. Uh, ball went to Tapias, who headed it. Uh, it kind of deflected off of Bongi's head. Um, directly to uh, Carlos Cornell, the the goalkeeper for the Red Bulls. Um, but it went basically straight back to Bongi, and he was able to put it away past uh, John Tolkien uh, and his luscious flowing locks uh, to give Minnesota um, the lead as Bongi's first goal uh, since, like, July, I believe, uh, for Minnesota United. Uh, and that was the first goal that the Red Bulls conceded uh, this season so far in, in their three games. So um, I think well-earned. Minnesota did what they needed to do. Um, We'll talk about in a little bit here about how they, they conceded on the corner. So, like, their set pieces weren't 100% awesome. But this is a good sign with Frog upon taking the corners if uh, if they can do stuff like this and create havoc in the box. Uh, any other thoughts on the first half, MJ or, or Jess? I felt like it was uh, dicey there. The first 15 minutes, it was so disorganized. Yep. And I was like, why does it feel like there are so many of them and so few of us? Well, we were in our white uh, Northern Lights kit, so we were blending into the uh, blending into the pitch. You couldn't see our guys running around, apparently. Well, it was camouflage. It was Arctic yeah. camouflage. Um, also, I'd like to comment on the free mittens. They were a mucho bueno, in my personal opinion, because they were thick and they were actually knitted. And they were perfect for wearing in the snow globe that was Allianz Field. And um, I think I may have um, yelled out about our podcast loud enough <laughs> to my entire section that we may have new listeners this week. Woo! Shout out. out, Redhead. Shout out, shout out to what, what section do you sit in, Jess? 36. Shout out to section 36. If anybody's listening to the podcast, welcome. Uh, hopefully you stick around. So no, uh, 35. I always 35. think I'm 36. Okay. 35 or 36. If you sit in section 36, welcome to. Um, you can hear me if you're in either one. Yeah. Yeah. I was just going to say anybody in the that whole three section area on that side mm -hmm. of the field can hear Jess. That's probably true. Also, MJ, you couldn't see it. Were you sitting in the Wonderwall? No, I was not. Okay. I was in 112 for the first time. Did you see yourself in that video? Yes. Well, I mean, it, it, it was the Legion of the Loons ad, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So th that's been out for a while. But oh, thanks for noticing me. Old news. Yeah, no. Uh, as, as, as Eeyore says, thanks for noticing me. <laughs> I did. Uh, okay. Well, second half, um, again, same thing. Red Bulls came out, um, guns a blazing and they get a, a corner in the 48th minute. 
Uh, and in the 49th minute, they put away their goal. John Tolkien takes the corner. Uh, Andres Reyes, the center back for the Red Bulls, steps up, uh, jumps over Tapias. I mean, he's pretty much unmarked, um, honestly, just watching back the, the highlight of the goal. And he's the tallest dude on the pitch, and I'm not sure why no one from Minnesota decided to mark him. So, uh, you oh know, I was sitting there and I'm going and literally you guys would have been so proud of me. I, I turned to the person who's I'm at the match with and I say, why isn't anyone on the back post? I'm pretty sure there should be someone on the back post. Why is there no one on the back post? And then it, bam, we get scored on. And I was like, what did I just say? <laughs> what did I just say? You're learning, Jess. That's awesome. Um, yeah, set pieces give us and set pieces taketh away. So, um, and, you know, ultimately, I think, I don't know if there's anything else you want to say on the, on the second half. This is probably a fair result. Um, both teams uh, complaining about the pitch. The 70, Minnesota had the better of the chances in the second half, I think, outside of the, the one goal. Um, especially, like I said, after like 65th minute when Amaria and Dotson had both come on. Uh, Tani Uluwese uh, had a, sh- a chance when he came on like in the 80-something minute. Um, his second appearance for the senior team. Yeah, second second appearance, and he had a, he had a, he came on and almost had a almost had a great goal. Uh, Robin Lude had a, a good opportunity. I think Minnesota probably had the, the more of the chances overall. Um, but again, I think you know this is just a, a game where both teams were sort of ill prepared for the conditions on the pitch, and and I don't know if we want to talk about that at all. I mean, it's it's been Ger- Gerhard Struber um, mentioned it. He was very upset with the field conditions adrian heath uh also not professional he called it oh yeah Red, i mean oh no Red Bulls coach. because I, mean, I know a friend of a friend of a friend of a friend who works on that field full time and he just better back his ass up because i happen to know that they have events on that pitch all the time that prevent them from staying off that grass when it's not match time unprofessional i mean he's not wrong just gonna say that <laughs> like i'm not i'm not saying i'm not i've met some of the groundskeeper people they do a really good job it's so early in the season though like there's nothing i don't and i think they were i think they were unprepared like unprofessionals maybe going a step too far i think they were not prepared for i think they thought they, sure. they thought they would get some snow. I don't think they thought they would get like two inches of snow. Um, you know, because there's questions about why they weren't clearing it sooner. Um, I mean, Dan Wade. I saw pictures from Dan Wade, who's out there with his wife. They did the the one of the flags or whatever on the pitch, and he took a picture at like five thirty, and there was still snow all over. Like they hadn't even touched the, the ground yet. So mm-hmm. the question is, is why did they not do that? And they, the team hasn't come out with anything, so we won't know until until and if the team does. And I'm. Like I said, I don't, I don't, I think unprofessional is a little harsh, obviously. I think they were just not prepared properly. Um, and, you know, I think with something like that, you know, the team, you can only do your best, right? You can only work with what you have and, and, the, and the people you have out there. And um, it clearly, it affected the game. So regardless of whether that was exactly what they wanted to do or not, the, right. the state of the pitch clearly affected the match and, the team needs to own that and they need to understand that that is the case that ha- it happens. And listen, I think it's better to say, you know what? Um, we screwed up. We were not prepared. Um, well, you know, this will not happen again and just move on and, and, and make sure that doesn't happen again. I remember a couple years ago um, after the season, after the, you know, the 
the Allianz field had opened, they were having issues with draining, and then they figured out what the problem was, and they owned that. They said, "Listen, we had it was we had stuff that was there that shouldn't have been there. Um, so as water was collecting; it wasn't getting recycled, and so that caused you know that caused the you know, standing water, which caused the pitch to be bad, and and you know we screwed up and we we fixed it. So I really hope that they they that they do figure out what what went wrong. Um, if there's anything they could have done." Um, and if they do own that and and make sure that that doesn't happen again. So because you definitely don't want to you, obviously you can't just postpone a game because of the snow. Um, it's not coming. That's not like a you know, it's not six inches of snow. Um, you should be able to play in that uh, in that situation. It just they weren't, you know, they just clearly had sort of mis misread the the weather reports or whatever. But um, yeah, anything else, MJ, on the game or Jeff? Uh, practice in the conditions you're going to be playing in. If there was any chance for them to be practicing outside in the snow this week, they should have been doing it. It didn't look like they did it. Yeah, that's also that's on the team too. That's that's not that's not on the, the groundskeepers. That's on the the team that you know um, Adrian Heath needs to get to get those guys out in the in the pitch and taking corners um, in the snow, um, you know, running in the snow. And obviously, you got you got to take precautions because you don't want anybody to get hurt. But you clearly need to be prepared for that situation i thought it was great that i think it was fragapani he got the ball once and did did a spin move it was either him or lude on the on the left hand side and he does a spin move and completely leaves the guy in the dust he's uh, his other guy can't switch directions and then sliding and I was, uh, it felt just like watching broom ball <laughs> i've seen that before for sure so uh a couple other notes from the game this is robin lude's 100th loons match which is really cool um uh, MJ mentioned the TIFO, which was uh, also really cool. And then, uh, I don't know if you guys saw it, um, it was posted on Twitter. Grant, they did a celebration for Grant Wall in the press box. All of the MLS teams are are doing something, at least for the first home game of each of each team. Uh, they had a really cool sort of setup, and, and they had a, um, the You Know Nothing Grant Wall scarf that was donated for the for the match by uh, Sam uh, Solberg, former Dark Cloud president, So, which is really cool. Super awesome to see that you know nothing, Grant Wall scarf. Uh, shout out to Andrew Bruski who did a lot to make that scarf happen. Mm-hmm. Yep. Cool. Uh, all right. Well, let's uh, let's wrap this game up with a, a couple of things. Let's do our Freddie adus for Minnesota. Um, MJ, who do you have for your good and bad Freddie adus? Um. Gosh. My my good it's tough, right? Yeah, no, my good Freddie do is it uh, well th- there's the obvious one, but I'm gonna go non-obvious. I thought uh Kervin Ariaga played really well. He did. Um on, on both sides of the pitch, uh except when he I don't know if he was close to Andre Sarango, but Ariaga's a tall motherfucker. So we need to put him on their tallest motherfucker for set pieces, you know. And that didn't happen. I don't think that's Ariaga's fault. I think that's a no. coaching issue. Um, but in general, I thought Kervin played really, really well on both sides of the ball. And so he gets my good Freddie Adu. I'm going to go with Frank. Almond Dream Cream seem pre- Supreme Dream Team. <laughs> um it's sort of a cop out because he was right in front of me for half of the game and he was working really hard and um which cannot always be said for him yeah so, to, to be fair I felt about it yeah um 
yeah, he was out there and he was like running around, waving his arms, getting open, and I liked it. So that's a good ado for me. Nice. Yeah, no, um, I, I like either. I like both of those. I, I don't really have anything else. I, I would, You could say Bongi because he scored the goal, but outside of that one particular uh, play, he did not play very well in the game. Yeah, I felt that um, way too. He was kind of running around like he'd never seen snow before um, or played in snow before, which is probably true. So uh, <laughs> we can't really, can't really fault him for that. Right. But um, he, you know, he, he was in the right place at the right time to score a goal. I would, yeah, I would either give it to, to uh, Fragapane or uh, Ariaga. So you guys hit the nail on the head. Uh, and then for my uh, shitty Freddy Adu, I'm going to go with Mickey Tapias uh, just for mm-hmm. just getting completely jumped over by, Andres Reyes, um, and then for a couple other times where he, again, also not super prepared to play on a snowy pitch, which again is not 100% his fault, but um, should know everybody else has got to tell you, no, you got to got to put longer spikes in, or you got to you got to do this, you got to be a little more uh, conservative. Um, I think he is gonna. I feel like that guy I'm gonna like a lot because I think he's gonna get forward um, as a defender, but in a game like this. You got to kind of like, no, today's not the day to get forward as a defender. So I'll say, give my, yeah. There were so many counters where you're just like, where are our center backs? Right. And, and it was just like, this feels like 2017, not good. Now I think the snow had something to do with that because you can't move as fast, but yeah, you have to play to your conditions. And as David said, play a little more conservatively. Who made his debut? I didn't catch his name. In the second half, a sub. Uh, Olawashe, uh, as I said, made his second appearance for the senior team. Oh, second appearance. Okay. But it, they were they wanted to find a way to say first. So they said first appearance at Allianz, which was false. The announcer was wrong. Mm. He had appeared at Allianz multiple times for the twos. <laughs> uh, but it was his first time at Allianz with the senior but the team. ones. He just didn't qualify quite in the MJ detailed manner. Um, yep all right okay uh jess take it away hot or not let's go all right there's lots of hot this week so there is so much hot in the chilly willy wonder snow globe dome it felt like a dome even though it is not a dome i love it because it's not a dome but it definitely felt like a globe inside and that was hot, but that's just where we got started. First hot moment of the night, second hot moment of the night, forgive me, there were so many, when I screamed right at John Tolkien, hey man, you're in the wrong sport for hair like that. And he nodded, put pointed at himself and nodded, and um, acknowledge me and look me dead in my beautiful blue green eyes. And I proceeded the rest of the match to call him Elvish, Elf, and Blondie. <laughs> oh, but my heart didn't really stop until I looked dead to rights, right at Zarek Valentini. He's going to get a ball to throw it in. And he, and I go, Zarek! And he looked me dead in my big fat eyes. And I swear to God, time stood still. And I didn't know who I was. And he probably didn't know who he was either. 
for at least a year or seven years in dog years. And then I screamed, I'm sorry. And then the rest was a little bit less loud. I don't think he caught it. But what I said was, I'm sorry for what I said about your hair last season before you were alone. But he had already thrown the ball in before I ended that sentence. And I just want you to know, Zarek, um, these eyes, these eyes have cried. These eyes have seen a lot of love, but they're never gonna okay. see another love like I had with you. I don't need I don't need to guess who's suing me, so please stop singing. They're probably <laughs> dead. And then upon returning home, I rewatched, I immediately tuned into the Apple broadcast of the game, match 37, and could hear my own special distinct boo. In a time of passion and chaos on the pitch, and frankly, I have never, I had never really appreciated how effectively my boo tone really communicates my displeasure, and it's sharp. I I would say it's even perhaps more distinct than the loon's loon call that no one can make. And that was, uh, that was my snow opener, kids. I did get an Uber home, and I managed not to pee my pants. <laughs> That's very good. Uh, all right. Well, some uh, twosies new. My sign attempts. But then I realized I put my <laughs> Twitter handle on there wrong. Oh. And then I was going to do a, a this way. But I can't keep my moderate my handwriting size the whole time. You, you, you know, it does, he doesn't have an E on the end of his name, right? Um, he might, he might not. I just he say does, he does. He does for he, me. He, he does not. So He does not. That's how anyways. I remember how to say it right. Or else it doesn't look right. I'm sorry. He's wrong. Uh, all right. So Minnesota United FC 2. They have not announced the official schedule yet. Um, hopefully that will get probably... No, more than likely they'll get announced tomorrow after we drop the podcast, as, as they are want to do. Um, but they did announce that uh, MLS reigning goalie goalie wars champion Alex Mir is going to be going on loan to the Colorado Switchbacks, um, which is good for him. Hopefully he'll get some playing time against some slightly better competition. And that leaves Fred Emmings, who also needs uh, game time. And then uh, Christian Pulisic's cousin, I believe, Will Pulisic. Uh, as the goalkeepers for the Minnesota United FC two roster, um, as well as Eric Dick, who I'm sure will get some games with the with the twos as well. Uh, other United news: they announced uh, officially that the Loons are hosting both of the League Cup matches, um, both of their League Cup matches, Sunday, July 23rd versus Puebla, Thursday, July 27th versus Chicago. Those games are you can you will build you'll be locked into your regular seat. Uh, they'll be charged, I believe, at the end of, I think it's the 20th. I think you have to opt out by the 16th if you do not want these tickets. Um, you can just, I think you can go on to the SeatGeek and opt out there or through the Minnesota United FC app. Um, you'll just be charged whatever the rate, the rate is for your season ticket for those games. Um, should be fun. Uh, Chicago, obviously, we're going to Chicago. I'm going to Chicago in a couple weeks uh, to see Minnesota United play at Soldier Field. Um, but it'd be fun to see them come up here. They haven't been to Chicago. Chicago has not been to Minnesota, I believe, since uh, 2018 uh, when we played them on St. Patrick's Day. Uh, and it was like a 75-degree day in, in March. And it was pretty awesome. So uh, check that. Check those games out. 
Uh, Minnesota United also today announced that a couple of uh, their U15 players, Tim Dennis, uh, Prince 4-4, and Yahir Rosendias Gonzalez, were invited to a U.S. Uh, under-14 training camp in Florida or, or a talent identification camp. I can't remember exactly what the, t- um, the title of it is, but good opportunity for the, the young players uh, to get some um, you know, U.S. Uh, soccer experience. And then um, I'll leave this one to MJ, uh, Zhang Sangbin. Um, they're still in pursuit of the 20-year-old who is currently on loan with, the, with, uh, with Grasshopper in Zurich. Um, he is a, a Wolverhampton Wanderers player, but he is on loan. Um, and so they're trying to buy him, I think, out straight from the, from the uh, Wolves. Um, uh, yeah, I'm bring hoping... Him over. Go ahead. So he, Go ahead, he played really well with the Suwon Blue Wings, uh, the, the Samsung-sponsored club in Korea. Uh, he has not played as well in, in Europe. So I'm hoping he finds his feet and his, and his scoring boots, if you will, at Minnesota United, should he come here. Uh, and I'm super ecstatic to have a Korean player on the team. Uh, he probably qualifies for their U22. He does, yeah. Uh, he, yeah, he would be a U22 player. They did announce um, that I believe was Tapias, who people kind of speculated that he would be a U22 player, but his contract did not rise to that level. So they do have – so if they sign uh, this Korean kid – they would also have another U22 spot available if they wanted to use it for another another player, um, either in this window or in the in the secondary transfer window in the summer. So that is a, a news that came out sort of last week as well, too. So uh, he's normally plays right wing, but he has lined up at center forward. So this is good news for the Loons attack. As uh, I think either position would be an improvement on who we have nothing against amazing goal scorer. Bafana, Bafana, yeah. it, It'll be nice. I mean, I, I think he can play left. I think he's played some left wing too. So he, he definitely would push both um, Bongi and, and Fragapane um, so that, you know, they're playing their best possible met soccer. So um, I think that'd be good. So, uh, so yeah, that is the Loons news. Let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll talk Super Cup. Again, this will, he'll probably get announced um, as soon as I drop the podcast tomorrow tomorrow morning. So let's just leave it at that. So let's take a quick break. When we come back, uh, Minneapolis City, uh, some Aurora news, and then we'll talk about the upcoming uh, Minnesota United match on Saturday night. We'll be right back. You want me to be that type of dude and I want to be who you like me to. All right, and we are back uh, now with some Minneapolis City news. Um, as as I mentioned, uh, basically I dropped the podcast, and then they put out a tweet with the Super Cup groups announced. We joked, I joked that you know Minneapolis City and Duluth aren't necessarily guaranteed to play each other, and then of course they're in the same group, Group A, uh, with Minnesota United uh, MLS Next Team. That's the U19 team, um, Minneapolis City, Duluth FC, uh, Group B, St. Croix Legends, Med City. And Vlora FC. So um, they will play Duluth FC, Minneapolis City. Well, um, so rest assured, we will get a we will get a derby there. Um, they haven't announced any of the scheduling or anything like that, but um, that should hopefully be coming out again probably tomorrow once uh, <laughs> once we drop the podcast. So 
MJ, you have a lot of other notes and stuff here from Minneapolis City. What's what lunch you laid on us? Well, first of all, I just want to say I, le- I really like the groups. One, don't put the two NPSL teams in the same group. They see each other at least twice a year. So Duluth and Med City are in separate groups. Don't put the two USL League 2 teams in the same group. That would be St. Croix Legends and Minneapolis City. And then it's just kind of a crapshoot. But I really like how they designed the groups. Um, I think it's going to be fun. Um, I hope to go to a bunch of games if they fit into my schedule. And uh, also for Minneapolis City, just a reminder in other news that board nominations were last week. And so if you are a member, you should look for that email that says board elections um, are happening. I threw my name in the hat. Please vote for me. Or if you do not like my Dave's I Know content, know that I'm going to be a better board member than I am a podcaster. So just keep that in mind. That I, you've got my vote. Uh, we will not make an official endorsement in that race, by the way, just FYI. No, yeah, not officially enough. an endorsed. I mean, I, I'll need to, need to take a look at who else is running, but I might, I might make a personal endorsement um, for somebody else, but we'll see. Well, and to be on the up and up here, I've not handed any money yet. I've handed no sponsorship money or, or, elsewise endorsement money to jess or david yet so i think they're waiting for their under the table gift, right. if you will right yeah no, most most recently i paid you so um yeah. <laughs> um okay, also, good, well, good, uh, well, good, good luck good luck mj I, in all seriousness good luck um i really hope there's other good uh, uh people running as well yeah there's three open spots so they are they are letting paul uh, Schmeichel is stepping down, longtime board member. He will still be a member, still be a fan in the stands, but he is stepping down from the board. And then they are to replace Paul. They are adding three open spots. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, I get one of the three. Um, or even better, there's a really, really strong field, and there are three candidates better than me that you all should all vote for. And you know, then that'll happen. That will um, help you get out the uh, vote, yo. There were a bunch of new player signings. I won't uh, go into a lot of detail, but I just want to point out that the two best players, in my opinion, from St. Croix Legends are now Crows. Um, Hakeem Morgan from St. Olaf, uh, born in Costa Rica, and Victor Goleman from St. Olaf, uh, born in France, uh, are both leaving the St. Croix Legends and joining Minneapolis City this year. That's some big poaching news from Carl Craig and company. And uh, they announced a couple goalkeepers, um, Andrew Sosinski um, from Boston U. Uh, he comes from Maple Grove and Shattuck St. Mary's. And, um, oh, sorry, he's a fullback. Goalkeepers, Evan Sifkin from St. John's. He comes from the Futures. So he's getting a promotion to the senior team of the Crows. And Gabe Cuffle from Xavier, uh, who grew up in Blaine. So those will be our two goalkeepers for the Crows. And then maybe most significantly, uh, forward Eli Goldman, uh, who had nine goals in 20 games for University of New Hampshire, had three goals last year for the Crows, is returning, um, much due to Carl Craig's praise and recommendation and recruiting. So. Very cool. 
Uh, all right. Minnesota Aurora um, announced they hired a COO, um, Jessica Poole. Uh, she comes from the Chicago State University Athletic Department. MJ, you got it. You I knew you, you put a you had a post on uh, Soda Soccer chatting with Andrea Yoch about her. Have you got a chance to talk to Jessica yet, or or not? I've not had a chance to talk to Jessica. I just recently sent an email requesting an interview with with her personally to get quotes from her on the move from Chicago State University to Minnesota Aurora. She was the deputy athletic director and chief operating officer at uh, Chicago State University. And before she was the deputy athletic director and chief operating officer, she was also at Chicago State University as the executive senior associate athletic director um, for two years. So she's been with that school for three years. Um, She oversaw a plethora of different parts of the athletic department there, business operations, human resources, diversity, equity, inclusion, facilities, events, campus engagement and capital engagement. So as far as the things you want a chief operating officer to have experience with, knowledge of how to do, she has a great resume for that. She's worked for several other uh, universities in college athletic departments, either as the information or media person um, and then eventually she she climbed to be become assistant athletic directors and deputy athletic directors and things like that. So um, been in college sports for a long time, comes from a journalism background at uh, Missouri, uh, at Mizzou. So that's also exciting. Um, maybe she can give me some journalistic tips in my <laughs> interview. Yeah, it, it was um, it was funny. I uh, after she was announced, I, you know, started following her and then she followed me back, which was right after I had um, quote tweeted a David Martin offensive loons fan tweet with something that was also pretty offensive. So I was like, pretty sure the first thing she saw of my me tweeting was something quote tweeting David Martin and adding more to whatever funny joke that was happening at the time. I can't even remember it now at this point what it was, but um, so yeah, so I'm sure she regretted that uh, immensely and deeply as soon as she as soon as she saw my saw my tweet. So uh, anyways, welcome, Jessica. Um, she's got a very cute child as well, uh, who I'm sure will be a, a, a staple at matches as well. So um, welcome. Let's welcome her with open arms to Minnesota. Uh, when we get a chance to chat with her. So uh, all right, go for soccer. They got some games coming up, right, MJ? They have two away games for their spring friendlies. Sunday, March 19th at 1 p.m., drive down to Mankato. See Minnesota State University Mankato play play the Gophers at 1 p.m. on Sunday, March the 19th. And then Sunday, April 2nd at noon. I think this was originally supposed to be at Elizabeth Lyle Robbie Stadium, but they are uh, playing that in Madison instead. So if you want to drive over to Madison, buy some Ford Madison merch, and then also watch the Gophers play, uh, that's Sunday, April 2nd at noon. Cool. Uh, all right. Well, let's talk Minnesota United and Colorado. The Minnesota goes to uh, Dick Sporting Goods Park in uh, Plagueville in Commerce City uh, to play the Crapids um, at 8.30 uh, local time here, uh, 7.30 in Colorado. I think there's a, a, a pretty good contingent of, of fans who are going out to the match. I, 
unfortunately with everything i wasn't able to this is one of the matches i generally like to try to go to just because i have a a lot of friends out in Denver and Colorado, but I'm unfortunately not going to be making it out there this year. So uh, shout out to all the people who are traveling out to, uh, to Colorado. Um, but yeah, MJ, who in particular are you uh, wanting to keep an eye on for, for the crap is? Coach Frazier. Robin Frazier. Yep. Yep. Yeah. You, you just got to watch out for that fucker. He, know, he knows the game. He had a shitty last year. I expect this year to be better for him except I don't like a lot of their transfers in the off season. So maybe you can talk more intelligently about that. They, their, their transfer policy this off season was a little weird. They, they brought in Kevin Kebral from the LA galaxy, um, a DP player who never, never quite took with, uh, with the galaxy. Um, so he's been starting up top. Uh, they play a uh, a three four three um, for the most part. Um, William Yarborough is the their goalkeeper. Uh, he likes to he's you know he's one of those he's very Pickford esque and either he will be standing on his head, um, making eleven saves, or he's going to look like a goddamn doofus as he lets in like three goals. Um, and he even kind of looks like with Jordan Pickford a little bit. So. Um, MJ, I'm sure you, you know, appreciate that comparison. The other. Yeah. Uh, the, you, you want to talk more about how your, how our teams did this weekend in Premier League? Uh, no, not really. Oh, <laughs> not at okay. all. I wonder why that is. <laughs> um, Lawless uh, Bubakar is another name that a lot of uh, fans might remember. Jess, I think you um, have mentioned him several times when we talked about the, the Colorado Rapids. Um, he's a defender. Um, Big Ghanaian, wonderful, beautiful dreads. Yes, amazing dreads. Uh, uh, yes. And then, um, and then uh, Brian Acosta, Cole Bassett are, are two names that have been around for a while um, with Colorado. Uh, you have a former Minnesota United player, Sam Nicholson, who hasn't really seen much of the pitch this year, um, but he's still there, uh, as well as uh, MLS stalwart. I'm not sure how he's still playing, but uh, Stephen Betashore is a defender, probably won't see much of the pitch. Um, and then, I guess Jonathan Lewis is the other sort of bigger name. Um, got some, uh, he got a couple call-ups with the U.S. Men's National Team. Um, he's a midfielder as well. So they've, they didn't, to answer, sort of, sort of roundabout way to answer your question is that they just, they, they brought in some MLS guys, people who have experience in the league, but don't really have any track record of doing well in the league. Um, you know, like Kevin Cabral, he's been in the league for a couple of years, but he just, he's never done anything with the galaxy right and so um colorado has a ton of cap space they don't they don't spend a ton of money on their team and he's basically i think they basically did brought him in to, to free up cap space for the la galaxy to do something i don't know what the galaxy did with that any of that cap space but um maybe they're looking at something in the in the summertime so hopefully that answers your question a little bit mj sam nicholson was started the last game against san jose and had to be subbed out for Lalas Abubakar, which is a offensive for defensive sub. So, uh, you know, Frazier didn't Nick, like something he saw. Nick, Nicol- a- no, 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 no. Opposite, the other way. Nicholson, Abubakar started. Nicholson came in for Abubakar. Oh, my bad. My bad. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Jonathan Lewis came in. Um, Abub- and yeah, Nicholson for Abubakar as well. So, 
Yeah, and, it's oh, I see. And then they, they put in Bar- Barrios, Barrios, the, yeah, last minute in the, the Heath 82nd minute. So, okay, right. yeah. Um, so they have a lot, they have a lot uh, of guys with MLS can be good, but he's another guy that we leave open and he just skies it over the net a lot. Is he, if I'm wrong. yeah, no, he definitely does. He definitely does. Um, yeah, it's it's a lot of players that have that have a, have experience in MLS, but like none of it is good experience. Let's put, let's put it that way. <laughs> um, yeah, they they lost to San Jose over the weekend. Um, uh, Christian Espinosa got a 78th minute goal, um, but uh, again, it was just a they haven't they haven't played well at all um, this year uh, for that matter. So I don't know. There's not much. And there's much else to say. Robin Frazier, you know, he when he came in a couple of years ago uh, and they were reeling, he like righted the ship. Um, he got them turned around. They had the what the second best record in the league uh, in the 2020 season or the 20, the 2020. Yeah, 2021 season. Uh, or was it? Yeah, I think it was the 2021 season. And then the, last year they fell off a cliff. So I just I don't know what to expect from Colorado. However, whenever we play Colorado, it's always a really weird game yeah like, i don't think we've ever played a like a good game against colorado um where we've kind of just fully dominated them for some reason they like they seem to have our number um i think they i think the all-time line is uh they have seven wins we have six wins and then there's two draws um they the last time we played them was a four three match in, in august of last year um but then we beat them um Earlier in the season, twice, uh, two to one, and then three to one as well. So, again, it's this is a, it's a, um, it's a team that go. It's you know, again, it's one of the sort of like boogeyman teams for for Minnesota United. Mm-hmm. We just we can't play a, a good, solid, complete game against them. So, it always we, gets scrappy. It really does. It really, really does. So, um, so yeah. So let's. How do we? Uh, how do we see this game going for Minnesota United? Uh, MJ, let's uh, let's start with you. Uh, we lose one nothing. Okay. We do not play well in the altitude. That is true. Jeff. I'm gonna say we win one nothing. Okay. That is the positivity. I like it. Um, what do you say, Zeller? Well. I think it's a one-one draw. Let's let's just make they'll cover all of our bases there. One of us will be right at least. So, yeah, this week none of us were right. No, no, we all I think all thought the the loons would win. So, um, so yeah, so I think it'll be I think it'll be an entertaining game as they always are. But I think ultimately we'll end up in a one-one draw. So, yeah. All right. So some last little bits of inform- of stuff. Concacaf Champions League. Uh, we mentioned that last week. It kicked off. Um, and the shock result of the of the basically the the games, uh, Austin FC um, playing a Haitian team in the Dominican Republic loses three to nothing. So that was not expected. Um, they play on Tuesday. Um, they need to again, of course, uh, change that three nothing deficit. Um, so they need to score a lot of goals on Tuesday. Philly mm-hmm. uh, Alianza. Uh, they went. It was in. Um, Costa Rica, Philly, uh, it was a zero-zero draw. Uh, Orlando went down to Mexico and drew nothing, uh, drew zero-zero with uh, Tigres. Uh, Vancouver. That's a really good result for Orlando. 
It is a very good result. Vancouver hosted Real España and kicked the shit out of them five to nothing. So basically, Whoa. basically securing that tie. Uh, and LAFC went to Alajuense and won three nothing, basically securing that one as well. So some good results. Edu Rosales, lo siento, <laughs> mi hermano. Uh, a, a couple of good results for uh, MLS teams. A couple of mediocre, okay results, but they're coming back and playing in in, in the U.S. And then one really terrible result for the MLS in the CONCACAF Champions League. There's obviously a few other games. Um, these games, the Austin and Philly play on Tuesday. Uh, Orlando, Vancouver, and LAFC play on Wednesday. And then a couple of the Mexican teams play on Thursday as well. So, uh, And finally, U.S. Soccer finally dropped their uh, report on the Berhalter uh, uh, Reda family TIFF. Um, Refresh my sure. memory. This is this all came up in December um, after the team was eliminated from the uh, World Cup. Uh, basically, came out that Gio Reyna did not uh, participate very well with the U.S. Men's National Team. Um, he got called up of it by his teammates, by the coach. Um, he turned it around. He you know played for the rest of the World Cup, and then Berhalter went on a a, a really strange weird speaking to her thing where he kind of threw Gio Reyna under the bus. Um, in that time, the Reynas, Claudio Reyna, who's U.S. soccer, I mean, up until today was pretty much considered U.S. soccer royalty. I'm not sure how much he is considered royalty at this point now. Uh, and his and his wife, Danielle Reyna, who was uh, college roommates with Greg Berhalter's now wife, um, you know, basically called the U.S. Soccer Federation um, saying that they had information on Greg Berhalter and basically uh, uh, Daniel Reyna made it a told Ernie Stewart, who at the time um, was the U.S. soccer uh, sporting director, that when back when they were kids, when they were 18 and 19, when they were in North Carolina together, uh, that Greg Berhalter had, um, had kicked his wife, his then girlfriend at the time, um, now wife. They, they got they got split up it's so like seven months went by then they got back together and now they've been married for like 20 some years or whatever so uh, it was a whole it was a very not good story um clearly because you know it, it was a, it was an issue then um greg berhalter apologized he did all the things that you know he said he was going to do um apparently there's been no other incidents that anybody reported um so it was clearly a, a one-off a, a you know say what you want, an accident or whatever. You don't have to give Greg Berhalter any grace for, for doing something like that. Um, but clearly it's been in the past that both him and his wife have tried to have reconciled on that and it's not an issue for them. But um, the Reynas being soccer parents uh, and crazy soccer parents apparently uh, tried to get Greg Berhalter fired, apparently made threats uh, to other staff. Um, clearly, and apparently this is not a, uh, this is not a, limited to just this incident um apparently claudia reyna according to the report emailed staff um about when reyna was playing when geo reyna his son was playing for the u19 team um i encourage people to read the story if you know read the report that came out um if you're on soccer twitter at all you can find it it's it just basically confirms everything that had come out so like i don't think anything terribly new although there was one one email basically where geo or with or claudia reyna um geo's dad um, berated U.S. soccer officials for appointing a woman referee or a woman uh, linesman 
um, lines person for a match. And then that person, that lines person made a mistake and then berated the U S soccer federation for, for um, hiring a woman to, to do that job. So that dude sucks. Um, and hopefully will never work in U S soccer in any capacity whatsoever. Um, and yeah, it's just, it's just, it just confirms all of everything. And it's, it is really, it's just not a good look for, I mean, the Burhalters come out looking much better, but this doesn't look good for them. And the Reno has come out looking very, very, very poor. So MJ. Claudia Reno was the sporting director or director of soccer at Austin FC. Mm-hmm. And uh, when this mess all came out, he was demoted to being a, advisor like um and so they the the club put out this big thing of like we'll no longer be serving in the director of soccer role for austin fc uh we will retain him as an advisor for you know whatever so he's still around there on staff a lot of people are calling that he, he should have nothing to do with the club anymore after this latest round um also i i think you know a direct quote from one of the things he told Ernie Stewart was just like something like I'm going to paraphrase here and I'm paraphrase poorly but like I know stuff like you you have no idea how much stuff I know about Greg Berhalter yeah and it's just like what are you doing like yeah your son's not playing also your son's not playing not because he's not good but because he isn't putting in the work that all the other people are doing in the training room in the weight room you know at practice he's half-assing it so yeah, it's yeah. it's just it's really unfortunate because you know that this is going to follow Gio around whether it's rightfully like rightfully should or not. I don't I don't know. It's not for you know it's not for us to decide. Um, but this baggage will follow him around. These kids only twenty years old, right? He's still got you know uh, theoretically a twenty you know another twenty years playing career ahead of him if he, if he wants to do it. So um, it's just really uh, really unfortunate. So and again, it just confirms a lot of the really terrible stuff that we were hearing about back in December and January of uh, this coming year. So there's lots of good pieces out there um, that talk about it on the athletic. Um, there's a really great Twitter thread sort of highlighting some of the um, sort of more reprehensible stuff, you know, reprehensible stuff, um, reprehensible stuff, sorry. And if you want to check any of that stuff out um, and go on to the, onto the social medias. So um, if you are a Dortmund fan, Dan Wade, um, we want to hear your, your opinions about this. Um, please at the Dave's I know account with all your great Gio Reyna Dortmund takes on whether he should still be there or not. Yeah. I mean, I think he's, I mean, he's, he's, he hasn't done anything wrong. He apologized for his part of, of this and not, you know, not playing or not getting along with his teammates, not doing the things he needed to do, um, He's also not playing right now, even though he's fit. And that is, a. I think a lot of people are sort of conflating these two things. Um, Dortmund mm-hmm. is playing really fucking good right now. Like they're, they're trying to chase down Bayern. And I think people are kind of forgetting that, you know, Gio Reyna, while he's a really good soccer player, um, there's, Dortmund has a lot of really good soccer players on their team that yeah. um, are much better and um, also clearly don't have this baggage. So I will be interested to see what, what happens in the summer. If, if they try to, if they try to sell him. Um, or if they try to hold on to him for a year and, and maybe help him get back some of the value, because right now he is, uh, I think his value is at an all time low, um, in terms of, uh, you know, getting anything, sell like a sell on fee or whatever for him. Um, plus they're going to lose, um, 
what's his face, the 19 year old uh, Jude Bellingham, um, hopefully to Liverpool, but probably some other team. Um, so they're going to be losing some players anyway. So I don't, I think they won't sell him. I think they're going to try and hopefully hold him uh, for another year, maybe get some consistent playing time and then try and sell him in 2024. But who know, who the hell knows? Cool. All right. Well, thanks guys. All right. Sorry, MJ, you have one more thing. Just shout out to my girlfriend, Jen. We sat next to each other at our first uh, Minnesota United game together. She experienced the loudmouth heckling uh, assholery that is MJ at a soccer match. And we did not punch each other and we're still together. So shout out to Jess. Impressive. Jen, sorry. That's, shout that's out, good. Shout out to Jen. Thank you. Thank you for sitting next to me and giving me a place to watch Minnesota United. Very cool. Very cool. All right. Well, that'll do it. Um, I'll be at the Blackheart on Saturday for Minnesota United, Colorado. If anybody wants to come again, um, we're I'm going to Chicago. So come. Um, we're actually going to, if you're interested in taking the train, we're going to take the Amtrak. There a couple of us at least have already bought tickets. We're going to take the Friday morning train down to Chicago and then the Sunday afternoon train back from Chicago. Um, mm-hmm. If you want get, to get weird on a train. Um, get weird to, on a train. <laughs> to Minnesota United. Uh, we haven't figured out where we're staying yet. So if you have any hookups. Get in, real weird on a train and TBD. Yeah. If you have any if you have any hookups on a place to stay in Chicago, that's gonna, that's relatively cheap. Let me know. Um, otherwise, <laughs> uh, I, I'm happy to sleep on a couch or whatever. Um, but yeah, that's the that's going on right now. But yeah, we'll, we'll see you all uh, on Saturday at the Blackheart. If not, um next week uh or at the week after we'll be back in minnesota so uh thanks everybody um oh yeah please rate and review the podcast wherever you get it um hit us up on twitter at tdikmn uh i'm at texas zeller mj is at mj matsui and just at jessica one four four zero eight three nine or two which she managed to not put onto a, a sign for zerk valentin uh last week so uh <laughs> All right. Thanks, everybody. We've been we've been the Dave's you know. This is the Dave's I know. Dave's I know. Track two, hope to reach one. Uh, we, yeah. we, we do our thing. Do it. We, we, do it. We do our thing, son. Some will paint a piece, some will spray with a machine gun. It's mad work to be done. We, uh, we, we do our thing, son. Y'all know we can't do